Pertit Spencer, IO Foods. Fred Spencer, uh, IO Foods. This, this, is, this is Diversified, Diversified. Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have the married and very happy couple <laughs> from Chicago, IO Foods. And you guys, this food is African food, so you already know I'm ready to chop. I'm ready to see how my brother and sister in Chicago got into the African food market because I was looking on their LinkedIn and looking. I'm saying, I don't see Nigel. I don't see Cameroon. I don't see that on the this. So how, what do you know about Jell-Off rice? What do they know about the cassava? They're going to give us Uh-oh. a game. They're going <laughs> to give us a game. But more importantly, they're going to show you that their food is also in like fresh market. I've looked at the website. I can go get some of their products at Fresh Market. You go look on their website, see where the products are in your area. Welcome to the show. How are y'all both doing today? We're doing really well. Thank you. So excited to be here. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, can you tell us why African food? Because some folks just, you know, looking at it like African food, give us that good old American or give us that soul food. Why did you guys choose to do African food? Well, well, in, in your introduction, you forgot a Liberian jollof. <laughs> um, and, and I won't start that debate today. Um, but I mean, it really started at home. So my family's from Liberia, um, grew up eating a ton of really, really delicious food. Um, and you know, there's, I'd say two challenges with having some of our fish, our favorite dishes on like a Tuesday night. So if my, our, in our house, cassava leaf is the favorite. (laughs) Um, it takes many, many hours to prepare because it's a lot of slow cook layered flavors. And it's hard to find the ingredients. Like, you can find it, but you're making a specialty trip to um, a specialty market to to be able to get the ingredients. And so for us, it was about bringing that convenience to the middle of the week so that we could enjoy our favorite dishes uh, any time of day. Yeah, and I would say, too, uh, my introduction to African food was... um you know, prior to me marrying into uh, this Liberian family that I'm so proud to be a part of today. But, um, you know, it just actually expanded my knowledge and, you know, my experience with African food once I, um, you know, married Pratid and, and introduced her family. But I would say, I mean, the food is amazing. And Pratid and I had talked about this for quite some time is that we just don't see this in the marketplace. And it should be, you know, especially, um, you know, African-Americans and Africans together should be celebrating and, and experiencing this food. Um, so, And I'm married to an African too. So when he said he married into the family, you literally married <laughs> into the family. And that takes some adjusting. I mean, it's been 14, 15 years. I'm still adjusting and I've known him for almost 20. So, you know, um, I'm going to give you a, that round of applause for... Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now... It's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to cook these dishes and I get it. I have to drive an hour sometimes to get, you know, the Aru, the, 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 the Igusi, the different things that we need here. But then to put it together 
and get it approval so you can sell it into the stores. I mean, I'm waiting for y'all to get on Shark Tank with <laughs> all the work you've already put in. How long did that process take? Walk the people through, you know, some of those steps for those who say, oh, I want to do my food next. Uh, <laughs> you might want to call them so they can help you with the packaging and distribution. That's a lot of work. Give us the game, please. Yeah, I would be remiss if we didn't mention that, you know, our experiences, uh, Pratit has, you know, close to 15 to 20 years experience in CPG. So that experience alone has really catapulted us to be able to, you know, be as successful as we are. And just to go back onto your Shark Tank thing, I think we probably a little bit past the Shark Tank. So hopefully at some point you don't see us on Shark Tank. <laughs> but Pratit, I'll let you finish and, um, you know, expand on what I just said. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good point. You know, before we launched, so we launched July of 2020 in the thick of the pandemic. And I think people see kind of the launch and the trajectory from the launch, but they actually don't see all the blood, sweat and tears that it takes even to get to the launch point. And so I think we we had been working collectively on IO for probably three years uh, prior. Um, even from just like thinking about it as a concept and an idea and how we wanted to come to life, but then actually transitioning it to making it a a real product that could be sold on shelves. And so we spent many, many months, (laughs) lots of lots of our own personal dollars. Yeah. Still working on, (laughs) you know, other full-time positions as well. Um, I think the biggest hurdle was, and and we weren't, we, we weren't willing to compromise on this was finding the right partner to actually help produce the food and, uh, and scale it up. Um, you know, we took, it took us a long time to find that partner. So that's what took us uh, so much time to get to, to market is because we had to find the right partner to, you know, keep this, uh, this process for the traditional food consistent. And I would, I would say that part was the biggest hurdle. Yeah. I mean, you know, these aren't fast foods to prepare, so you can't just like, whip up some Agusti in 15 minutes. And so we wanted to protect uh, the integrity of the dishes. And that meant protecting all of the the ingredients, all of the the cooking processes. And so, you know, the freshness, the length of time it takes to get the flavors right, that was all really, really important to us and something that took a long time to find the right partner to like prepare it the right way. Um, in a way that we would be proud of um, kind of representing ourselves on shelves across the country. And so we spent a good kind of three years just getting it kind of ready uh, to have retail discussions. Um, All of the extra cash that we had coming in, we kind of poured it into IO. We tapped into savings, poured all, all that into IO. And then we finally got our first retail commitment from Whole Foods. Um. Yeah, I think funny story is that when we got that commitment, we were still working through kind of production partners, um, but that became a trigger point to actually have someone commit to 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 um, making the food for us. And so uh, the rest is kind of history. So we'll be in close to 4,000 doors by the end of this year, um, a, a broad number of retailers and, you know, we're, we're just getting started. Can you let the people know, um, just a short little history, how you guys met? There was a rumor out there, and I'm starting it. That's what I mean by that. <laughs> you know, that, that you had the consumer packaged goods thing, and that, you know, besides 
uh, Fred's, you know, smile and being nice. You, you married him because he's a genius in finance and has, you know, the degrees to prove it. Um, how did y'all meet? And did you guys always know you were going to do business together? Well, I'd, I'd say that's a little bit true in terms of like finance genius and big <laughs> smile. Um, we, we actually met similar to you. We met in college. Um, so, so we go way, way back. Um, and definitely the initial like spark from him was, was his mind. So, um, I saw that way back then. And I think we complimented each other in, in a lot of ways. Um, but, and I think we've been able to push each other throughout our relationship. So, you know, he was a finance undergrad. I was marketing undergrad. We both then went on to business school where we were able to hone those crafts. And then, you know, I don't know if we would have thought we would have been in exactly this seat today, like working side by side or in our case, back to back in our (laughs) office. Um, but you know, we, we've always had very complementary skill sets. And so I think that lent itself well to like uh, pouring the best of both of us to make some like a kind of one plus one equals three type of situation. Which yeah, we, we've, we've always saw that connection too. Uh, like she said, uh, like she said, as far as like having a couple minutes, that happens with us for business and, and, and personal and in our marriage too. Um, that we kind of complement each other. You know, I'm more out there. She's more reserved, you know, that type of thing. So that's what helps us get through this. And I don't, I knew we'd, I don't know if we would be thought that we would be in business for one company together, but we knew we were going to do some kind of transactions in business, whether it be real estate, which is uh, really my background uh, in finance. Um, but when we were in college, you know, one of the things when I first met Pretty, uh, I, I saw her, um, she's from Minnesota. And uh, I grew I'm, I'm from Chicago, but I went to high school in Minnesota. And so when I went, when we came back to Chicago for school, I saw her in the Mall of America. And I said, like, I think that girl goes to my school. And then like the next the, the next like, time school started back, I was a I was a, a junior. She was a sophomore and we ended up being neighbors. And um, and my roommate actually introduced us. And so when she first said I'm from Minnesota, I was like, I knew I saw you at the Mall of America. And so that's how it all started. <laughs> Man, that sounds like a root song. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, don't get me to start rapping and singing because I will do both parts. You know? <laughs> uh, now, with the expansion and getting on the shelves, and again, you know, that's not easy to do at all. You've picked some stores that are very high end. I go into Fresh Market. And I spent like a whole paycheck, you know, I go into Whole Foods, I spend next week's paycheck. Um, why those stores? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think a couple of things. I think one, um, as you look at kind of the assortments in those stores, um, you can see a lot of the food is like more heritage, international flavors, but our food was just like notably absent from those shelves. And so one of the things we talk about a lot is you should be able to walk into any store and see food that like reflects your experience. So even if you go into the fresh market and spend your whole whole paycheck, you should be able to find something that like reminds you of like who you are, you know. Um, and so for us, I think it was important to be able to bring that to um to that kind of class of retail. I think the other thing is like, these are not kind of quick and fast um, kind of uh, dishes that we've put together. So, you know, they are kind of 
premium in terms of the marketplace. And so we wanted to partner with retailers that had kind of equally premium assortments. And so it felt very natural to be um, in that class of retailers. But I, but I would also say, you know, we see this as a gap in the marketplace. And so we want you to walk into like any store and be able to see um, IO. Um, and so we've started making really good progress to that. So I'd say, well, we are in the fresh market and some higher end retailers uh, were also in, in kind of more mass retailers. So we just launched at Target um, this past week. We also in, in Kroger um, pretty much nationally. So we're getting there. You know, we backed into what our price points and costs and costs were. And we had a, a deliverable from a price point perspective. And we saw that, you know, the market who in the market initially would accept that price point. And so that's kind of how we started. But we're starting to get economies and, and grow. And so that way we can kind of push, um, you know, price point a little bit better in what we would say the traditional grocery stores are. So Now, I went on the site and I almost started to cry because I said, wait, hold on, products are, are sold out. And my and because I was really going to front. My wife was going to come one day and I was going to have a dish I've never prepared for. Like, How do you do that? And just, you know, and kids, throw the boxes here and buy enough. And yeah, yeah, I put this together. Um are we able to order directly from your site or do we need to tell, you know, our local stores that are carrying some of your products, we also want you to carry this and just keep hounding them. What can we do to help, you know, bring more products to the stores? Yeah, yeah. I would go ahead. I, I would say both. Yeah, and I so say thing, yeah. I think for us, you know, we want we want to expand our geographic footprint. I think we've made a ton of headway. And so we're in well more than 50% of the states. I haven't done the count, but we're making really, really good progress. But I know we haven't made it down to where you are in Florida just yet. And so uh, beyond the fresh market. So I think our frozen is not there yet. So I'd say continue to ask your retailers for IO um, in the stores that you shop in. We want to make sure we're there. And, um, and I think we may be hitting Target uh, Florida pretty soon as we expand on the stores with Target. Uh, hopefully within the next couple of months. Um, I don't know specifically which stores in which area, but I think we will be in Florida pretty soon um, over the next couple of months. And then I'd say give us a couple of weeks and we'll be back up in stock on the website. You know, those are going to be bigger uh, order sizes just because we want to keep pricing reasonable for folks and everything gets shipped frozen overnight on dry ice. And so, um, that will be up and running uh, in the next couple of weeks. We had a massive influx of orders, particularly as the um, two new dishes, our two newest launches that we launched in partnership with Chef Eric uh, Ajapong launched. Um, but as we get restocked in those in the next couple of weeks, you'll also be able to order six, eight, and 12 packs online too. Okay. I, I was worried that I had... Um talk too much about you guys prior to this interview and that my <laughs> brothers and my, my my guys and my clients would be like yo they ordered everything because <laughs> that's, that's something i would have thought like let me get enough of this so when you say premium because i want people to you know when it does come back and this will by the time this comes out hopefully it will um it will be there um, and I may coordinate something with you guys to kind of say, hey, will it be out by this time? You know, what are those premium uh, prices for a box? Because I want to prep people's mind. You don't have to sell yourself short. You need to make a profit. 
So for a box of Jell-O fries, which I, that would have been my first order, uh, followed by the cassava, like what does a box of that cost inside the store or directly from the site? $49.99. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so they're super reasonably priced with um, kind of other frozen items in the line. So if, uh, most retailers will have it priced at, uh, at $5.99. So it's $5.99 at Whole Foods. Oh, awesome. Okay. They, they got to get hit and bothered um, and, and say fresh market has it. Well, you know, I don't want to keep going and spending my whole check there. And I say my whole check, you guys, because as an entrepreneur, I don't pay myself much. That's what <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's, all a game. it's all a game. I think we lost you on the sound. Oh, you lost me on the sound. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, with all the success that you're having and the best is yet to come, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for us, the the community piece was actually what inspired the brand. And so it was not something that we thought about doing in the future, but really thought about, like, how do we build a company that is built around kind of the give back? And so for us, step one to be able to do that was effectively create scalable demand for all of these products and and ingredients. Um, But that's always front and center for us. Um, You know, one thing that um, one initiative that we launched uh, late last year that we don't talk about as much, but uh, we're really, really proud of is a project called uh, the Moon Boy Project. Um, Moon Boy uh, translates uh, to prosperity in Pele, uh, which is my dad's tribe. And um, it's all about kind of inspiring or giving back to the communities that inspired the brand. So our inaugural um, kind of project as a part of Moon Boy is uh, the IO Girl Power Farm. And so we've invested in about 15 acres of farmland uh, in Monrovia, um, that's actively uh, being um, uh, kind of converted to usable farmland. And the yield of that is actually going to be used to give women who were victims of um, the Civil War a fresh start. And so we're actually starting to see that yield um, come out now, which is really, really exciting. If you go to our website, you can see some pictures um, and that'll, that, like I said, that yield will be able uh, to kind of empower women to start businesses of their own, be it uh, soaps from the palm oil or, you know, cassava leaf that they can sell uh, in Monrovia, um, really giving them the seed capital um, to, to get a fresh start for their families. Yeah. And if you go to our website, you can get more information on uh, Girl Power Africa, which is our partner in this endeavor. And, you know, if you're interested in, you know, helping them and help us help them, um, you know, you can get more information on our website from that. Now, Africa, it's on everybody's lips. I'm processing my paperwork right now for Sierra Leone citizenship. Um, You know, my wife being from Cameroon, um, you know, we we have some things going on there and, you know, just we're, we're active. Can Jumia get this product? And can Amazon get this product? Because some folks say, hey, man, I just want to, you know, have the drone, some drop, drop the food off and, you know, parachute it down, whether it's Jumia or Amazon, the Amazon of Africa, right? Um, any plans for, you know, those two big powerhouses to be have your food and products there? 
Yeah, I would say, yeah, for sure. We're trying to expand not only Amazon and Julia, but we are also trying to get international as well, um, Canada, the UK. So we're working uh, we're working in conjunction with, uh, you know, raising additional capital to um, to make sure we can hit, you know, you know be universal across the, the world uh, if we can. So we're trying to build this brand as big as possible. And so we're definitely going to see us on Amazon um, pretty soon. Uh-oh, the vultures watch my show. So they <laughs> passed, you know, Shark Tank. Now the vultures are going to ask, hey, Kellen, are they taking investment? Because they're always looking for a deal. Um, Capital-wise, if somebody did want to invest, what would be the uh, proper steps to, you know, do that? Well, I would just say to answer that question is, um, so just for, for clarity, we we've uh, we, we initially put in our our own capital. Um, we have since have done a, a initial raise, a pre-seed raise uh, or seed raise of about one point five million. We're slowly deciding what our next raise is going to be. Um, we think that it's going to be within the next six to eight months. Um, but uh, as far as individuals uh, out there that want to invest, uh, we have a, a info at IO. Um, dot com on our website. If you can send your information there, um, we'll have somebody get back to you and respond to you. Okay. And for, to te- a teachable moment for the entrepreneurs out there and say, ooh, uh, 1.5, that sounds like a lot of money. You know, Fred, your, your, your cousin, you know, we don't want to say if his last name is Fiasco or West, but you being from <laughs> Chicago, uh, was that, you know, friends and family or was, you know, that angel investors, VC? How did you guys uh, do that? Yes, our initial seed came from two investors. Uh, one, the, the the our lead investor was actually um, uh, Cast Us, which is part of Cleveland Avenue, and um, Cleveland Avenue is headed by Don Thompson, who's a uh, former CEO of uh, McDonald's. Okay, I told you he has big names behind <laughs> him. You guys thought I was playing. I do my research. This man <laughs> connected like the mob. Uh oh, you're from Chicago. Hold on, I don't, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I mean it like, you know. <laughs> it's no. Go ahead. No, I, what I will say though is like we're incredibly grateful that we found partners who like believed in us early and helped us uh, get to this stage. Because reality is like access to capital is one of the biggest barriers to more uh, more businesses like ours uh, scaling and growing and reaching their full potential. And so, um, you know, that was a whole process in itself. Neither one of us had gone through kind of major fundraising process, process or f- major fundraising processes in the past. Um, but we do feel very fortunate that you know, we found investors who saw the potential in us and in this proposition um, to be able to bring it to life because we know that that is rare for many of our communities. And I, I would say, too, I mean, you know, when they saw and, and, and believed in us, it was because we had our stuff together, too. You know, we were prepared. And then the food tastes great. You know, it tastes amazing. So once we had Cleveland Avenue, you know, kind of taste the dishes, they were like, yeah, this this definitely should you know, be in the world. And, um, and we want to help you guys do that. So now do you guys have your own kitchen factory yet. And I'm asking that because there's so many people who are trying to do this, but I had a friend of mine who's been on the show before and she was like, 
I'm getting tired of this. Almost like you want the keys. And she's like, I need help with the putting it together. My recipes are great, but I need basically help because I can't do it all myself. And through COVID, you know, we've all lost some people, whether they've gone to get better jobs or they're no longer here. Um, is that something maybe in the future, young entrepreneurs can come and say, I got a great recipe. I've proven it. You guys have a factory or your own commercial kitchen. Can we do business? Is that even something that's possible? So uh, to answer your question, no, we don't have our own factory as of yet. Uh, we think that that's in the plan for the future, um, but we don't know for sure at, at this time. But I would say how we started off, and I think most um, you know small CPG um, brand companies start is is um, using the co-manufacturer. And so um, we we started that way with a co-manufacturer. We've expanded to three different ones today, but um, I think that's the the definitely the easier route as you scale up is to um, find a co-manufacturer to to help you with the process. And it and go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like um, for us, we had to start at that level because we're frozen, and so. Uh, commercial kitchen options were just not readily available for the technology we needed to freeze everything properly. Um, But, you know, I think commercial kitchens, incubators, accelerators can be a great path as you're trying to create kind of proof of concepts to get some early wins that that can help set the stage for outside investment should you choose to go that route or anything like that. So, um, for us, we had to go right to co-manufacturing, which was a process in itself. Like we've probably screened over a hundred uh, facilities, um, making sure that they were able to appropriately produce the food. Um, but, but like to Fred's point, at some point we may go the route of uh, building a plant of our own, but we're not there quite yet. And I would say too, just uh, from advice out there, what we did, and this is all because of the Pratice experience too, um, we heavily invested in our packaging and branding. Um, that That is one of the most essential parts of, of this business um, because retailers, uh, the buyers, they want to make sure that you're seen on the shelf and people visually seen. And so people look at your, your, your product and your packaging will buying it. And so we heavily invested in that early. And I think that's been a huge key for us uh, in our success. And now I can't ask them everything that comes to my mind, you guys, because I have to save some questions for David never sleeps when they go on there and EYL <laughs> and every other platform. And, you know, they'll say, Kellen, man, sometimes you ain't got to ask everything, save some for us. But I will say this, you guys, share this game because it'll change somebody's life. I want to, you know, you guys have the last words and, you know, close it out. If there's any encouraging um, advice or, you know, anything that we haven't touched on, share it with the people because I know if they're like me, they're going to be bothering the managers at the food store shortly. Yeah, I'll let you leave enough at Yeah, I mean, I would say my advice to entrepreneurs is just like start and don't be discouraged. I think um, I think particularly today, entrepreneurship can be glorified. So you, you see all of the fun parts. You see us being on awesome podcasts like this, but you actually don't see us like sweating it out, doing the FedEx runs and dry ice runs, like all of the things behind the scenes. And so um, know that like entrepreneurship 
um, is, is a lot of work, but it can be so, so rewarding. I'm so, you know, I was in corporate for my whole career and I'm now a full-time entrepreneur and it's been like the most rewarding experience of my life beyond like having a family and kids and all that stuff. So, um, I'd say don't be discouraged and, and just, I think it's also important to surround yourself with a community of people who can uh, kind of have your back as you're going through it. Cause uh, you know, I'm lucky enough to have, you know, my husband as a partner, so he knows all the details of, of the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, but I think p- put a solid village around you as you're on that journey and then don't give up if, if it's something you really want to pursue. Yeah. And I would, my, my mind was going to be kind of similar to that, but I'll give it a little different perspective now. And I think one of the biggest things, so we launched during the pandemic, right? And so we had this grand idea. We knew the food tastes good, but we, you know, accessing the retail is a little more difficult because they started to hone in because of, um, you know, the pandemic and people over ordering and these just things. And so the shelves got cleared. Um, logistics went bad, hard to get food. So all of these things happened during the pandemic, but we, you know, were able to pivot. And, you know, a lot of that comes from Pratit and I sitting down talking and her having ideas and bouncing them off each other, but be flexible, be, you might have the best idea out there, but sometimes you might have to get to that best idea later as an entrepreneur, be flexible, be able to pivot, be able to change on the whim because that may be what, you know, makes your business successful or, or failure, not being able to be flexible. So you're saying that's who bought all your product, Trump. The shelves are empty. You know, that's who bought all, 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 all the stuff. I McDonald's and the shelves are empty. I got you. <laughs> you guys have been blessed with the game again. Share the game. It will change somebody's life. Be blessed, y'all. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.